0: Good. Hey, I want to welcome both of our campuses. I love saying it this way. Here in South Atlanta, if you're worshiping with us today at LaGrange or here at our Noonan campus... We want to say welcome. We're so excited that you're here. I look forward to the day when I can say I want to welcome all of our campuses in South Atlanta because I'm praying that someday God gives us campuses all over this region. So we're excited about that. Let's give God praise for that. I'm so thankful uh, that you're here on week four of our series called Heaven and Earth. We're, We're worshiping through the Adventist season here, something I love. This is one of my favorite times of the year. I get excited. In fact, we start planning months and months in advance what we're going to speak on during the series, because this, for us, this is like a whole other Easter. And so I'm glad that you're here. Hey, I want to tell you something really cool. Next week, we celebrate Jesus's birthday. You got to be excited about that, right? Like... Some of you, like, you posted on Facebook, hey, today was my birthday, or, you know, Facebook tells us it's your birthday, and thousands of people chime in and post on your wall and all that stuff. But, man, we get to tell the whole world that Jesus was born for us, that He came and He gave His life for us. And so, for us, this ought to be like high tide, right? As Christians, this ought to be our time. We shouldn't be stressed out. And I know none of you are stressed out, right? Like no one here in this room is stressed out. Y'all are so laid back, right? You're looking at your neighbor right now going, bro, I got to wrap some presents when I get home, okay? And I just want to say to you, if you're last minute wrap the present person, I will pray for you, but I cannot assist you in that because I'm horrible at wrapping a present. In fact, if I wrapped a present for you, you would say, what a horrible gift, okay? But I am so glad that you're here today. We're in week four of our series called Heaven and Earth, and we're looking at worship through the lens of Christmas. Right, this is a great time to be thinking about and talking about worship. And so I wanna say some things to you today as we kind of begin this last message that I think are key for us. Because a lot of times when we think about worship, we only think about music. We only think about a song. And sometimes we miss the greatest moments of worship. And today I think we're gonna see one of the greatest moments in all of scripture of worship. So, this is not only the week that we celebrate Jesus' birthday, but this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. This is Capital One Bowl Week. I hear the women cheering. The ladies are excited. The men are like, yes, okay. Listen, for the next five to seven days, A lot of you will taunt your team publicly to many others. And I just want to say to you, I hope you win, but it is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay. And we're going to celebrate and we're going to have a great time. But think about it this way. When we think about bowl games and we think about football, I was watching like a game the other day and I noticed that, uh, that some people were really doing good at worship. In fact, I want to make this statement. We were designed to be great worshipers. Do you realize that? We were designed to be great worshipers. So I turned on the television and I started seeing some people like this, you know, like you see on the screen here. And uh, in fact, the first time I saw that, I said, it looks like Gene Simmons is about to eat me, okay? And he's gonna like eat my head. And 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 so I was turning on the television. And I noticed that people showed up to these games and they were worshiping. Like they came ready to Worship. Like they painted their bodies, and, and they wore spike things on their shoulders, and, and, and they wore masks, and, and they showed up, and, and nobody made fun of them, right? I mean, some people made fun of them, right? But for the most part, people go, oh, I get it. You're excited. You're here to show up and show out, right? Like you want people to know why. Because we are designed. God made us that way. He made us to be great Whether you realize it or not, God wired us in such a way that we have this insatiable desire to worship something or someone. And that's why Christmas is so amazing. Because at Christmas time, many times we learn about worship of God before we even know who God is. I mean, I remember going to a little church when I was younger and our parents would always take us at Christmas and at Easter. We were one of those families, right? You would see us at least twice a year, three times if you were lucky. And and so we walked into this church and they're singing songs like Away in a Manger. And I went, what? Somebody had a baby in a manger? Like, was there no, you know, I didn't even understand it because before we can even understand God... We hear songs that talk about worship to God. Why? We're designed to worship. It's the way God made us. In fact, I I don't know if you know this story or not, but there's one moment in Scripture where this guy named Moses, he went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And while he was up there meeting with God, the people back there said, hey, Moses hasn't come back in a while, and we really need to worship. So what did they do? They got together and they began to melt down gold. And, and they put this gold in the shape of a calf and they made a golden cow. I mean, you talk about some Chick-fil-A. All right. They made some golden cow and, and they laid it out and they started worshiping a golden calf. I mean, we have this insatiable desire to worship something. And, and then the Bible says, Moses, he came down off the mountain. And, and you know what he said? I mean, he walked down and he saw all those people worshiping a golden cow. And he said, holy cow. No, that's not what he said. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because we all have something inside of us that wants to worship something. And here's the thing I learned about worship. We always bring our best to what we worship in life. Have you ever thought about that? We bring our best, and we don't even calculate how much it costs us. Like, if you've got a favorite football team, man, you don't mind dropping 40, 50, 60 bucks for a sweatshirt. Why? Because you love your football team. And I think uh, parents, we get this, we understand this, when you have a kid, man, some of you grandparents, you will spend enormous amount of money on your grandchildren, right? I mean, your husband's eating crackers and soup, but you're out buying clothes for the grandkid. Why? Because you always give your best to what you really worship in life. It's just the way we are. In fact, one of the things I've noticed, it's very popular in our day and age, these baby reveal parties. Have y'all ever seen these baby reveal parties where they bring out a cake and they, they cut the cake so that we can find out the sex of the baby? And you know, if you cut it and it's blue, it's a boy. And if it's—and everyone goes crazy. Well, listen, th- this is how I know that, 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 that we truly bring our best to what we worship. I've never met a couple that had a cost reveal party for a baby. Like they order a cake... And they show up and they say, okay, we're going to cut the cake. And when we do, it's going to reveal how much we're about to spend on diapers. Or when you cut the second slice, it talks about how much we're going to have to spend on college. Like if you did that, your friends would look at you like, dude, you are wrong. Like how in the world? You know why? Because you always bring your best to what you really worship in life. It's just the way we are. And whether you realize it or not, what we worship in life, we always give ourselves completely to. We give ourselves to it. I mean, we don't even think about how much it costs. We just just give ourselves to it. And I started thinking about this in my own life. If I were to look at my life and say, what is it I really worship in life? There'd be two places I'd go. I'd look at my calendar and I'd look at my bank account. And I'd say, what am I really investing my time and my heart and my energy in? And where am I investing my resources? Because that really reveals, in fact, listen, what we worship in life, what we worship in life, your calendar and your bank account always reveals what is first and most valuable to you. This is so important to me. This is first in my life. My kids are first. Like I spend time with them every week. Every week. Some of us, we get up every week and we say, I'm going to set aside time to go be with my wife or my girlfriend or my boyfriend. Why? Because it's important to us. And what we worship in life, we have no problem giving ourselves completely to in our life. So there's a story, it's in the book of Matthew chapter two. If you have your Bible, turn over there. If you have the Bible app, bring up your Bible app, all right? Text your friends and say, this is the coolest guy I've ever heard speak in my life, okay? Matthew chapter two, we're gonna look at one of the most famous points in scripture that relate to the birth of Jesus. So here's what we know. Jesus has been born. He is coming to the earth. God sent his only son, Jesus, and and, and literally he was born in a manger and they believe that this moment probably didn't happen Maybe the night of Jesus' birth, it may have happened a few days later, even a few weeks later. But listen to what the Bible says happened. Verse 1 of chapter 2, Matthew, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and look what it says, we've come to worship him. These guys were looking to worship Jesus. Look at verse three. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he heard or when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And in Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people, Israel. We read the story, and the moment you read the story, you have to realize there are certain people in the story that we got to understand who they are so we understand why the story is important. So the Bible says these magi, they're coming from the east, and they came to worship, and they encountered this guy named Herod. So who was Herod? Herod was this de facto leader. That means that he was kind of appointed by the government, but he wasn't the people's choice. So I don't know about you, I still think we live in one of the greatest countries of the world because we get to choose the leader of the free world. But back in those days, they would literally, uh, depending on political reign or different things with kings and kingdoms, they would appoint people. And they would say, I want this person in power because this person will be a yes man for me. And so, man, Herod was definitely a yes man for the government. He was a de facto leader. He was there by position, but his influence was just really, really waning. And the Bible says that Herod was so messed up by the birth of Jesus that when the Magi came looking for Jesus, something happened to Herod. Think about it. They weren't showing up saying, where's Herod? We want to worship Herod. That's what Herod would have wanted. Instead, they showed up and they said, where's Jesus? We've come to worship Jesus. You see where it got really crazy for him was this. He had three children, two of them he killed early on because he was afraid that they were gonna dethrone him. And then when his third child was born, he found out that he had another child. He went and found that child and he killed it too. He was messed up in the head. And he was so worried about this baby Jesus that the Bible and history tells us that he literally said, I want you to go out and kill all the males born he told the whole guard, the whole land, I want you to kill every single male, baby, boy. Now that's crazy. I mean, that's like, that's like a few fries short of a Happy Meal crazy, right? Like that serial killer crazy. And that's who Herod was. He was just a crazy man. And then the Bible tells us about this guy or these people known as the Magi. We typically, in, in, our, in our vernacular, we talk about the three wise men, but the truth is we don't know if there were three of them. We think there were three because there were three gifts. That that's just folklore. There could have been nine. There could have been 16. There could have been four. I know that really messes up your Christmas songs, by the way. And I apologize, but I didn't write the story, right? I'm just telling you the truth. But these magi, they were wealthy people. In fact, they were people who were seeking out something. They were looking for something they hadn't found before. And although they were wealthy, they were also astrologers. Many times they would look to the stars to try to figure out the answers for their life. And the truth about them is this. God, believe it or not, this is crazy, God was using them. God was using them to point others to Jesus. See, here's the thing I want to tell you. We said this in week two. God always reveals his glory because he wants us to know who he is. The whole reason that the glory of the Lord shone around them and that God showed up in that moment and he he came back to earth and and we saw God in all his fullness is he says, I want you to know me. And in this moment, these magi, they probably came from somewhere near the Israel-Iraq area. They were seeking out Jesus. I mean, they were wealthy astrologers. I mean, they believed in science. They did, all right, right? Some of you just relax, okay? He's like, they're showing Nacho Libre shirts. That's right. They believe in science. Okay? The truth is this. They were looking for something they couldn't find anywhere else. You know, I think about that and I think how God always finds a way to show people who he is. You realize that the Bible says since the creation of the world, he's been revealing himself to people. I mean, Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What does that mean? Through everything, you know, we're doing this series called Heaven and Earth. Through everything that God has created in all of heaven and all of earth, he has revealed himself to man. He says, so man is without excuse. People say to me all the time, well, what about the person who lives out in the bush or in the jungle and they never hear the name of Jesus? And and the truth is God's revealing himself. And I just find it funny that in this moment, God was revealing himself to a group of scientists. And here's what that proves to me. And here's what that should prove to you. We're all searching for something worth worshiping in our life. Did you hear that? We're all Every one of us. See, the, one of the reasons I love this church is because you can come here and you don't even have to be a Christian yet. Like you don't even have to follow Jesus yet. You can come here and, and spend time learning about the God of creation and how he loved you and how he wants to have a relationship with you. And, and, and we're not afraid of your seeking. We're not afraid of your questioning. And neither is God. Because every one of us Have something in us when we find something worth worshiping, that search ends in us. We're all searching for something worth worshiping. It's how God made us. It's how he designed us. And and the cool thing about that is God gives us this amazing promise. I mean, it's, it's in the Old Testament, but he said it to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. God's not afraid of your questions today. Listen, you may be here checking out Jesus, trying to figure out, do I even want to follow God with my, do I want to give Jesus my life? Listen, we're cool with that. Stay as long as you want, ask all the questions you want, because the search is real. But when you find something worth worshiping, your search ends. These men, that's what happened to them. And it's kind of a messed up story when you think about it because look at it this way. There's a group of scientists looking for Jesus. There's a crazy king named Herod wanting to kill Jesus. And then there there were the religious leaders and they wanted nothing to do with Jesus. They knew he had been born and they weren't seeking after him. Which I find to be really funny. Religious people don't always want Jesus. But these men, their search was real. Look what it says in verse seven. Then Herod called the magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go worship him. He didn't wanna worship Jesus, he wanted to kill him. Verse nine, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, look what it says, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And then look at verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. You know, we're talking about worship, right? What we love in life, we worship. What we love in life, we give our best to. We don't calculate the cost. Listen, these guys had searched for something they couldn't find in science in and of themselves. And when the search ended, look what it says. They were overjoyed. Now, I find that funny because in this season we're in, the last four or five days, I was out shopping yesterday. I didn't meet a lot of overjoyed people. Like I was in line at Starbucks the other day trying to get one of them Christmas lattes. People were not overjoyed. I mean, people weren't like laughing, happy, overjoyed. Like I've seen a lot of underjoyed people. I haven't met a lot of overjoyed people. But what's crazy about that is this. When we find something worth worshiping in our life, it consumes us and it brings us joy like we have never known. So I was really thinking through this message and Friday afternoon, Tracy and I, we were out doing some shopping and I got a text from one of our church members. said, I want you to see this. Whether you realize this or not, we had a family in our church. They've been going through the adoption process, and we have an adoption assistance program that helps people take the first step towards adoption. And they sent me a picture, and it was the mom just to so get to say that's a joy a mom and a dad holding their new son that they were adopting. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit said, you want to know what overjoyed looks like? Look at their faces. Look at their faces. I mean, I was trying to look at the baby like, oh, he's cute, but a beautiful kid. But then I wanted to look at the mom and dad because I wanted to get a picture of what overjoyed looked like. Because when you find something worth worshiping in life, it consumes you. (laughs) And when you find it, oh man, it overjoys you. Jesus had been found in these men. They were overjoyed. You see, I know why this is a struggle for most of us because whether we realize it or not, there's things in our life we end up worshiping that don't live up to the value we thought they had and we feel underjoyed. My career, even my family, like if you worship your family, you're gonna realize you're worshiping a bunch of sinners. (laughs) They're gonna fail you. Some of you go, I know, Sean, I'm about to spend a week with them, man. You pray for me, okay? I'm gonna be cutting some Achilles tendons this week. I get you, I understand. But I, I wanna be real honest with you today. What you worship in life matters because if it doesn't live up to your value, you'll never be overjoyed. These men knew if we get to where Jesus is, we will be overjoyed. So I ask this question, what do we, what do we really learn about worship through this moment in scripture? What is it that we really take away? What did these guys do? Because when they got to Jesus, something really amazing happened. Two things, and we need to catch these today. Number one, we need to get low. The Bible says in verse 11, on coming to the house, Remember, they were overjoyed, so they were excited. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And look what it says. And they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Now, I just want to say this. I go visit a lot of families in the hospital who have children And it's really awesome to walk in, especially if it's the first child, and see that look on that mom and and, and dad's face and the grandparents' face, especially if it's the first grandchild. And, man, people are overjoyed. But but I want to make this confession to you. I have never walked into a hospital room and fell down on my face and worshipped a baby. But the Bible says what transformed him in this moment of worship was when they got low. They humbled themselves. Why? They recognized who Jesus was. See, humility always precedes real worship. You know how you're really worshiping something? You know how you know? You humble yourself before it. They came and they bowed down and they recognized Jesus as King, Lord, Messiah. I think that's just an amazing moment in Scripture. I mean, they went from being overjoyed and they were probably on the top of cloud nine to the closer they got to Jesus, the lower they got to Jesus. I want to make a statement to you today. This is so profound, but our culture needs to hear this. Worship doesn't happen when we show up. Worship happens when we bow down. Hey God, I'm going to come worship you today. I hope you're there. God, I'm going to come sing some songs about you today. I hope you show up and bless me. You ever felt that way before? I've done that before. God, I'm really making a sacrifice. I'm turning down two NFL football games to be here early. (laughs) And you show up and it's like, God, do your thing. And God's up there going, "Mm, you've missed it. Real worship happens not when we show up, but when we bow down. They got low. Get low. Get low. Quit bowing up. (laughs) Start bowing down. Worship's not about when you show up. Worship's about when we bow down. And we worship Jesus for who he is is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about this. Worship is about taking my mind's attention and my heart's affection and putting it all on God and taking it all off of me. But in this moment, the Bible says they got to Jesus and they bowed down. So I know this feeling because I understand it. I'm a parent. I remember when my son was born, like literally I wanted every nurse and every doctor to be wowed. Like, isn't this the best kid you've ever seen? Look how beautiful he is. I'm like, ah yeah, yeah. okay, I'm holding the baby up. And I'm like, here, turn up the lamp on the nacho warmer. He needs to get warm, okay? I mean, I'm like, come on. <laughs> but as a parent, when you have that child, you want everyone to come in and adore him or her or them, <laughs> whatever you had. <laughs> but the truth is this. You want people to bow down. Why? Because that's when worship happens. I mean, Peter said it this way. He said, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. I mean, you gotta get low to get high. That's how the Christian life works. It's not about you bowing up and showing up. It's about you bowing down and saying, God, you're so worthy. I just wanna be wherever you are. These men... When they saw Jesus, they bowed down. You know what else they did that was crazy? We got to get low. You know the second thing they did that we got to do? We got to give big. We got to give big. They opened up their treasures. Look at verse 11. It says, they bowed down and they worshiped him. And look what it says. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like I personally think that every retailer ought to write God a thank you note here. This is why Christmas is so profitable for you because this is the moment in scripture we say, why do we give gifts? Why do we wrap gifts? Why do we wanna give of ourselves to others by by buying things that they never use and and all these things? It, 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 It all started right here. In this moment, they opened their treasures and they presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, whether you realize it or not, one of the greatest ways we worship Jesus is by giving to him. And I want to make this statement to you. I love causes. I love social justice. I want to help people. I want, to, I want organizations to be blessed. I want to, you know, I want to take care of whatever we need to take care of in this world. But I want to make statement very clear. I give to Jesus. Because there's no cause. And there's no need that is greater than... Than my heart and desire to want to give to Jesus. The Bible says they opened up their treasures to Jesus. They opened up their treasures. And and it it leads me to ask this question today. If, If giving is the most painful part of worship for you, then something's wrong in your relationship with Jesus. I don't have a problem giving to something that I love and worship. I give to Jesus. I don't give and then say, well, mm, maybe, you know, maybe they don't do a good job managing it or, you know, I don't give and say, well, you know, is this really going to, I don't even think about that. (laughs) I open up my treasures to Jesus. The Bible says they opened up their treasures to Jesus and it transformed that moment of worship. Listen, true worship always affects how and what we give to Jesus. Always. It always does. How and what we give. In fact, it's probably the greatest evidence of what we believe Jesus is worth in our life. I just find it funny because if you read the 2015 translation of this, this is how some people would say it. And they gathered up their extras for Jesus. (laughs) It didn't say that. When they bowed down, it doesn't say they just found whatever they could find for Jesus and just handed it to him. Well, he's a baby. He doesn't need a whole... No, 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 no. They opened up their treasures. They didn't think about how they could give their extras. So I kind of want to give you a viewpoint of what this looks like for us because we got to catch this. Have you ever been to the store here of late and had that moment where you hear this noise? Now, here's what I think they ought to do, okay? Because I just think this way. I'm kind of weird. I think they ought to put cameras, like GoPros, off of the little red bucket and see people's reactions when they get close enough to hear this. Because it's funny watching people what they do. You got like the people, you got the, 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 oh, I forgot to put any money in my pocket, people. And you just hope that when you reach your hand in your pocket that you pull out something, right? Like, is there some change in there? In fact, I want to help the Salvation Army. You need to get a card swiper, okay? Nobody carries cash anymore. And if they do, they're going to get carjacked, okay? So the, the the thought is this, though, that you walk up and you hear this, and here's what people do. I have literally watched, like I'm a people watcher, so I can literally stand at the door and watch someone doing this. And you can watch people. They, like, walk way, way out of the... Like, oh my gosh, like I got to get away. And then when they come back out, they forget the bell ringer's out there so they got to see it coming back out and they feel twice as bad. But here's what we do. We hear the ringing and we chuck a buck. I'm gonna pull a buck out of my pocket and I'm gonna chuck a buck. We do the same thing to Jesus a lot. Listen, don't, don't give to Jesus like you do to Salvation Army. See, some of you come to worship, and that's all you hear. <laughs> You're like, oh, they just want my money. Stupid bell ringer. <laughs> So here's what's crazy, whether you realize it or not, God knew we would struggle with that. So here's how he wired us. They did a recent survey last year, November 2014. Listen to the name of this survey. Why you feel bad every time you ignore the Salvation Army ringer. Washington Post, November 2014, they paid 300 undergrads to work and they gave them the chance to give anonymously from their earnings to a charity. Here's what they found. Those who gave a lot, 50% of their earnings or more, showed statistically significant boost in positive emotions like happiness and pride. But those who gave less than 50% or not at all actually felt a little worse after the experiment. God wired you. God wired you to give big. That's just crazy to me how God knew that. Here's what they, here, here was the deductive reasoning they led to. People who give more are happier over all. That's what the statistical research proved. These men, they came and they opened up their treasures to Jesus. I want, I want you to see what they gave. So let, let, let's see what they gave. First, they gave gold, which was a sign of his royalty. They gave gold. They were saying, Jesus, You are king. You are Lord. I mean, it's it's not about what you give. Sometimes it's about how you give, and sometimes it is about what you give. Not how much, but what you give, right? These men came and they brought gold because what they were saying is, Jesus, you are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords. The Bible also tells us they gave frankincense which if you don't understand why they gave that, but in the actual temple, when they would do these offerings, every now and then they would do a really special offering or sacrifice to God, and they would come and take the incense, and they would sprinkle frankincense over the incense, and here's what it really said. You are really, 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 really special, Jesus. And then the Bible says they brought myrrh which was a sign of his humanity. Jesus, you didn't just come so that we could worship at your feet. You came to give your life. And now I want to bring some of the best that I have and I want to give it to you because you're going to give your life for me. They opened up their treasures. I mean, think about it. What would really happen if we opened up our treasures to God? What would really happen if we begin to bow down more than bow up? Here's what would happen. Our worship life with God would be transformed. So I wanna ask you a very, very important question today. Because I think if you ask most people this question, I know how they would probably answer it. We think about Christmas in terms of the gift that God gave to us. Think about it. You hear people say, God gave his greatest gift to all mankind. And I know many, many people who would say, Oh, I want that gift. Like, I want to receive that gift of Jesus. So the question is this Did you take Jesus for yourself, or did you give yourself to Jesus? You see, this is not about money. I mean, money is a joke. I mean, that's just whatever. I mean, this is about us. Because the greatest thing we give to God is ourselves. And when God has all of us, everything else, it's just kind of insular. It doesn't matter. It's our time, talent, treasure. It doesn't matter. God owns it all. We're just stewards of it then. But until He has us, that may not be the case. So let me ask yourself the question again Did you give yourself to Jesus? or did you take Jesus for yourself? Let me say it in another way. There's a big difference between saying, I want Jesus in my life, and I want to give Jesus my life. I want to ask you to bow your heads today as we